This is episode 47 of Spiritual AF with Pixie Rose, the podcast for people going on their spiritual journey, knowing that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to share with you all about my intuitive courses. So Enhance Your Intuition is designed as an eight-week course to enhance your innate psychic abilities. This course introduces you to new spiritual tools and practices and helps you find your strengths. This course will soon be launching on my new course website, so jump on over to pixiesteps.com.au. That website is in the show notes. And sign up to my email list so that you will be the first to know when this course is running live. And as a free gift to you, when you do sign up for my email list, you will get all the information you need to know on how to balance out your chakras in seven days. Now back to this online intuitive course unlocking all of the clairs so your clairvoyance your clairaudience you learn all of them and how you can strengthen those clairs dream interpretation so how to do a dream interpretation reading reading a person's energy and aura reading the environment photo readings the enchanted realms We go through psychometry, what that is and how to do it. We go through mediumship. This may be something that's natural to you or it may be something you want to unlock. I teach you how to do readings with your oracle cards as well as your tarot cards. We go through past lives and in this topic you get to experience a online past life regression with me. We go through the Akashic Records. We go through channeling and how to unlock this ability. I teach you how to tune into the collective and do a collective reading. And then we finish off with high vibrational food and energy. And I go through all the different things that may be lowering your vibration and how to start raising your energy and your frequency using food and going over that everything is energy and that everything we're exposed to impacts us. So as I mentioned before, if you're interested in these courses, I have a few going up there on my website. Jump on over to my site and sign up for my email list. Today on the podcast, I have Dr. Leah Gordon. She is a naturopathic and functional medicine doctor who specializes in root cause women's hormonal health, low libido, preconception, and fertility care. She's the owner of Womanhood Wellness and Tribe Medicine. She is a founding medical advisor for needed a pre, is it perinatal and prenatal nutrition company and a passionate speaker and educator. Dr. Leah is also a mama-to-be after navigating infertility with her husband for almost seven years. 
She's committed to guiding, educating and inspiring women along their womanhood journey so that they can be the best version of themselves and they can cause a ripple effect of healing for their children, future children, families and community. In Empowering Women, We Heal the World. So welcome, Dr. Leah Gordon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, me too. So the first <laughs> question that I love to ask people is about your story, your journey, which you've you've shared that in your in your bio that you sent me. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, so so what what happened in your life for you to be doing this work that you're doing today? Oh, that's such a good question, and it has many answers, and it can be very long. So I'll try to give you uh, a succinct answer. I was really blessed at a really young age to be introduced to integrative medicine. So I actually worked at an alternative spinal rehab clinic and nutritional uh, like lifestyle clinic when I was in high school. And it was in that experience that I was introduced to naturopathic medicine. And I knew I wanted to work with people in a way that you got to the root cause of what was going on. And it opened up my eyes to this new way of healing through food and lifestyle and that there's another way to, to look at, at, at health. So that kind of sparked my initial interest. And I actually investigated all different types of becoming a doctor, you know, the traditional MD route, nurse practitioner, PA, naturopathic doctors. And my heart really was with naturopathic medicine. And then along my own personal journey, I dealt a lot with my own female issues from painful periods, gut issues, um, low libido, sexual trauma, uh, infertility, you know, it's just the whole gamut of things. And out of my own personal journey, it really helped to shape the, the focus that I have in my practice. So I kind of had two inspirations, one to go down the route that I have in my profession and the other, which is all of my own health uh, journey to go down what I focus on in my practice and what I feel passionate about supporting women with. So yeah, I work a lot on hormonal issues, birth in a way that you got to the root cause of what was going on. And it opened up my eyes to this new way of healing through food and lifestyle and that there's another way to, to look at, at, at health. So that kind of sparked my initial interest. And I actually investigated all different types of becoming a doctor, you know, the traditional MD route, nurse practitioner, PA, naturopathic doctors. And my heart really was with naturopathic medicine. And then along my own personal journey, I dealt a lot with my own female issues from painful periods, gut issues, um, low libido, sexual trauma, uh, infertility, you know, it's just the whole gamut of things. And out of my own personal journey, it really helped to shape the, the focus that I have in my practice. So I kind of had two inspirations, one to go down the route that I have in my profession and the other, which is all of my own health uh, journey to go down what I focus on in my practice and what I feel passionate about supporting women with. So yeah, I work a lot on hormonal issues, birth control issues, libido issues, infertility, preconception, preparing for pregnancy. Um, and so those are like my deep passions that I feel spiritually, I was actually given as gifts so that I could bring that knowledge and healing to the world. 
Yes, and that's exactly how I look at everything as well. Like there's a reason why we have these experiences and to be able to make those experiences and turn it into a way of service, which I believe is Mm -hmm. the purpose of life is to serve others. And Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what you've done. So you're obviously very much on your path. Yes, very much so. I definitely feel that this was carved out for me in a very obvious way. (laughs) So it was my job to just follow the light, you know, and walk the path. And I, I know not everyone is as blessed to know kind of what their journey or their path is. And although I've had challenges in my life, it's never been around, what am I meant to do? (laughs) You know, what am I, that, that was never a question for me. It was, it was always very clear. And so I feel really grateful for that. Oh yeah, definitely. So I was so excited to come across your Instagram account because I've been searching for someone to come onto the podcast to talk all about preconception in particular. Because yeah, so I've, I've got two kids and I feel like I did not spend a lot of preparation time in that preconception time. Um, and sort of moving forward with my life, I'd love, I feel two other little babies wanting to come into my life sometime. Um, so I'm really like, okay, I want to, I want to get clear on this preconception stage. I know it's important and I want to share that with others. So can you tell us what is preconception and why is this time so important? Yes, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. So (laughs) preconception is basically the time prior to conception. So conception is obviously when you become pregnant. And this window is so important and often, like you mentioned, not thought about. You know, a lot of women are very focused on getting pregnant or sometimes, you know, you get pregnant and weren't planning it. Um, And so it wasn't really a thought. But my dream for the world is that we have more conscious conception and we have more of a conscious preparation for that. Um, Similar to we prepare for every other thing like school or job or sports, you know, we just kind of hop into pregnancy and it's like, oh, here we are. And so during the preconception time, there's so many reasons why it's important. One is you really optimize what I call baby seeds which are the sperm and the egg that are the chromosomal and genetic makeup that will become your baby. You know, obviously I believe we as people are souls living in like a meat puppet, right? But our, our meat puppet body is very important and it, it is best when it's as optimal as it can be health wise. And that really starts before you actually become pregnant. So like for instance, your eggs as a female, they will, progress from their primordial or or early little stage to a fully developed egg that will eventually become the baby. And that process requires certain nutrients, certain vitamins, certain minerals, and it's impacted by things like toxicity and stress and all of these factors that actually impact the egg before you even have sex to conceive. And with men, their sperm is the same. It's also a clump of DNA of chromosomes that will become the genetic blueprint for your future baby that will determine everything from, you know, hair color to how they handle disease and allergies and all of these things that we're kind of impacted by. And they also are impacted by nutrition and the certain nutrients that they get, toxicity, things that they're exposed to like 5G or radiation or heat and 
all of these things happen prior to conception. So being aware of what to do with your lifestyle, what kind of foods to eat, what kind of supplements or herbs to take can really change the trajectory of not only how well you conceive if you keep the baby, you know, and not miscarry, the health of the baby in utero, and also all the way into their adult life, we're finding through what's called epigenetics, which is how the genes actually express. That is all based on the lifestyle that these genes are bathed in. So what a, a mom or a dad does prior to conception can actually change the health outcome of their future baby years down the, li the, or down the line. So it's such an important time. And also I take it one step further and I see preconception as another time for the mom to prepare her body as this like beautiful vessel, you know, that's going to grow baby and her nutrition, her gut health, her microbiome, which is the type of bacteria that's in your gut and your vagina and your mouth. They all impact baby's microbiome, which affects baby's health. Um, the way that you talk to yourself, the thoughts that you have, how you respond to stress, the things that you expose yourself to. Again, all of that impacts not only you, but also baby. Um, and then I also like to focus if a partnership is in a, if a, if a couple's in a partnership, making sure that that's strong and, and healthy because it's ultimately laying the foundation for what, you know, you're bringing the child into, into the world. So I find all of that as key pieces to preconception. Yes, definitely. And it's so interesting because, yeah, it's almost like I did things kind of backwards. So if anyone's listening and, you know, may not be thinking about having children anytime soon, or, you know, just curious about the topic, like let's not beat ourselves up as mothers because right. <laughs> I was so unhealthy in my first pregnancy I was drinking, I was like not doing very conscious things at all before mm -hmm. I got pregnant. And um, and then throughout my pregnancy, I was incredibly stressed. I was working in mental health and was so burnt out. I was not supported. And and in, in result, I do think that my little boy has, has all of my anxiety that I carried mm -hmm. in pregnancy. And then with yeah. my daughter, I knew that with my, my son, I wasn't fully um, going along that pregnancy journey. So with my mm -hmm. daughter, even though I didn't have like that preconception stage, I wanted to be really, really um, conscious of my pregnancy and connected. And I did all of this work in my pregnancy, whereas like mm -hmm. this time around, I'm like, okay, I know I want to have more kids. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I want to focus on that preconception time. You know, it's almost like we kind of, we learn more every time. So let's not beat ourselves yes. up over the past. And um... totally, totally. And, it, and it's not meant to beat yourself up. And that is, it's such a balance, especially when we talk about, you know, diet or lifestyle and toxins, you know, a lot of people will kind of take it to an extreme and get really stressed out of like, oh my gosh, you know, I was exposed to this. It's like our bodies are really resilient and they're amazing. And I love the quote of um, Maya Angelou, I believe is who said it of, you know, until you know better, you know, once you know better, you can do better. I totally yes. pictured it, but it's something like that. Yeah. Of it's okay. Do the best you can. And then when you learn more, then you can apply it to your life and, and that's okay. But there's also so much resiliency in, in humans and in our, in our babies. And so, um, you know, the beating yourself up, it's kind of like, uh, people who 
are more stressed about trying to be healthy, the stress yeah. of that is worse for you than just yes. like eating the chocolate cake or, you know, yes. doing whatever you need to do. And so it's always a balance. And I'm, I'm really big on finding that like happy medium balance. Yes. So, yeah, don't ever feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I don't know what that noise is. I don't know if you can hear that. Oh. <laughs> I can, but that's okay. So funny. Um, okay it's changed give me one second sorry yeah no worries (laughs) okay I'm hoping that's fixed it um okay so so for anyone who is thinking about having a baby or if if someone is has been trying to have a baby and has experienced a miscarriage what do you recommend women to do during this time of preconception? So holistically for the wellness, you know, within our mind, body and spirit. Yeah. So I really like to start with the foundations first. So focusing on food, food is a great place to start. It's something we feel like we can, you know, influence and shift and change. And my philosophy as a general rule is just eating whole foods. And what that means is foods that come from the earth or that eat what comes from the earth. So it's not made in a lab. It's not packaged and processed in a box with lots of different ingredients and, you know, lots of things that you can't pronounce. So, you know, shopping the perimeter of the grocery store, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in the U S we have all of our packaged food down aisles in the middle and then produce and meat and eggs and everything is kind of on the outside. So shopping the the perimeter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, being conscious of, of packaged and processed things. And in doing that, you really get a variety of fiber and phytonutrients and vitamins and minerals. Um, eating really good quality animal products is really good for women who are trying to become pregnant. So there's a lot of really dense nutrients in those kind of things. If you choose not to eat meat, just being very conscious of where you're getting you know, combined nutrients of lots of sources of protein and lots of really rich nutrients, um, anything with color. So any food that has color is automatically medicine for your eggs and sperm because it helps to fight oxidative damage, which is what happens from toxins and those kind of things. So starting with whole foods is a great foundation. Becoming aware of chemicals and toxins, it's an unfun thing to talk about, but very, very important because we unfortunately are exposed to so many chemicals in our modern life that it really impacts fertility and miscarriage. And it's because they damage DNA and the chromosomes in babies. And, you know, a lot of chemicals are not really tested for safety or it's not even like it's not even a thing. There are other countries like the UK. I don't know if Australia follows UK rules, but they're much better than the uh, States. We like our philosophy is innocent until proven guilty, uh, which is great for the judicial system, but not for chemicals. So we find out after the fact that all of these things really are impacting. um, And we're seeing this very much so in male factor infertility and in miscarriage in particular, because those both are so sensitive to toxins. So what I recommend is to look at your life, simple things like removing plastic, you know, swapping out glass Tupperware, glass water bottles, or stainless steel for plastic, looking at your personal care products. I love the app 
or the company, the Environmental Working Group, um, ewg.org. Hopefully you can access that in Australia as well, or there's other third-party testers to look at like your makeup and lotions and sunscreen and all of these things for chemicals. Um, and just being mindful of things like painting and staining wood and new furniture. And, you know, there's a lot of non-toxic options I know because I'm you know, building my baby registry right now and moving into a new home. And so I'm like on all of these blogs trying to find non-toxic couches and baby stuff. And, you know, there's a much more market for non-toxic nowadays, but you kind of have to look for it and it's not as obvious. Um, other sources of toxicity are places like laundry detergent, your soaps in your house, uh, chemicals that you're using to clean. So just cleaning up your products are mm. very important for fertility and, and miscarriage. That's a huge one. Um, also being mindful of radiation from your computers and cell phones. And, you know, there's a lot of other companies that, you know, have different products and, and things, but just being mindful of not putting your laptop on your lap and maybe turning off your Wi-Fi router at night and these kind of simple things. Yeah. Um, and then I'm a big fan of looking at how you respond to stress because the three probably biggest things that affect fertility and miscarriage are lack of nutrients and proper diet, toxins, and stress. And stress affects everything. It affects, it affects your hormones, which is important for getting pregnant. It affects the quality of your egg and sperm. And we all are exposed to stress. It's not going away, right? Like we can't magically wave our wand and the pandemic is gone, you know, but we can change how we respond to it. And so however that is for you, whatever spiritual practice you have or connection to nature or exercise, whatever it is for you that helps you to cope with and or manage stress. And for me, a lot of it is reframing and shifting things. Um, one of the most impactful things that I've had in my life is to walk through the world thinking that the universe is rigged in my favor and that even when things that seem like they're not great are happening, how could this be a good thing, right? How could this be a positive, even if it doesn't feel like it right now? Um, and just taking a step back, you know, and not um, getting so emotionally involved or, or upset about certain things, you know, because often we take things so seriously or we, we put so much um, impact on things that we can change. So I always tell my patients, if it's something you can change, change it. And if you can't change it, change how you think about it. <clears throat> you know, cause sometimes there's real stressors. Like I have to wake up at four o'clock and drive an hour and a half to work. That's really stressful. You know, it can be. So maybe you get a different job, you know, like life can shift and change. So how can you create less stress in your life? Um, and then the other level I would say is I do like to bring spirituality into my personal practice. I don't always bring that in with all patients, just depending on what their philosophy is. But I think connecting and preparing for that energetic space of a child is a big part of, of fertility and preconception. You know, obviously when you've done all the physical things, you're on the right supplements, you're on the right diet, you've got toxins out, all of that, really living as if you're already pregnant or living as if you're creating the space for the child, I think is huge. Um, we see this a lot. I'm in San Diego, so Southern California, and you know, there's a lot of high paced lifestyle and 
you know, I have patients that come to me and say, I need to get pregnant in October because I have a conference in April and I need to, you know, <laughs> it's like they have these like schedules planned out. And it's like, that is not the kind of energy that is usually conducive to bringing a child into the world. And they may not come, you know, it may not happen in the way that you want it to on your tight, you know, corporate schedule. And so really taking a step back, creating space in your life for, for exercise and movement and connection so that, you know, baby feels that it's okay and safe to come join you. Yes, definitely. I've just been in and out muting myself because we're in, okay. our, we're in our fourth lockdown here in Victoria. Oh. So obviously they're taking this time to work on the building. Oh, no. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, that's, yeah, that's so, so completely aligned before this business, my, my pixie steps business, my intuitive business, I ran a business called happy changes. Oh. And that was um, because after I became a mother, that's when I woke up to the fact of that everything, like every, like we're completely surrounded by chemicals and I couldn't mm -hmm. believe it. Like I, I couldn't believe how I was eating. Like I didn't know what healthy was before I became a mother. And then I started talking to people and, you know, they're talking to me about organic food and I'm like, what, they put chemicals in our food? And then I'm yeah. putting like, you know, creams on my baby and they're like, there's chemicals. And then I'm like, what? Like <laughs> what is happening? I know. <laughs> so I created this whole business around um it was like an online store. So it was, um, yeah, ethically sourced products, completely like no toxins, um, a lot of Australian made stuff, oh. like organic cotton and different things like that, cloth nappies and all of that. I just, it's such a big passion of mine. That. Um, that was a massive discovery for me when I became a mother. Yes. And, and that's why I think that this preconception conversation is so important because sometimes we don't wake up to that until we are a mother. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's like, we see the world in this whole new light for, you know, for some mm -hmm. of us. Um, but yes, it's, it's so, so, so interesting. Yeah. I, I always say women are so selfless in so many ways and they will do so much for the ones they love and often don't really think about themselves and that is why so many women start to exercise or they eat healthy. Once they become pregnant, they're like, oh my gosh, I have a baby that I need to like take care of. But my encouragement for, for women and men is to think, how can I have that same mentality before I become pregnant? And hopefully you can have, mm. you know, enough love to just want to support yourself in that regard. But if you need to, you know, direct it to a child or somebody that you love, like, the the steps and the the effort to make you know an optimal environment for health really starts way sooner than like the minute you you conceive and so you can still think like I'm preparing my body so that it's like super healthy for my baby or whatever because for some women unfortunately we're just so taught not to do self-care in a way that really we nourish ourselves yeah. um so maybe using, you know, a future baby as a way to be like, I should take yes. care of myself, you know, right now. Yeah. Well, well, even in terms of spirituality and the law of attraction mm -hmm. and manifesting, if you are trying to have a baby, like living as if you already mm -hmm. have that baby. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's very powerful. That's what's going to make it happen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you, you get on that frequency. 
So and we can talk about that on this yes. podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah, we're all about that here. That's amazing. Um so for anybody who has been exposed to a lot of toxins, mm-hmm. so maybe example, um, mental health is another really big thing. So anyone who's taken some pretty serious medication mm-hmm. to help um help their mental health and then they've gotten off medication. <coughs> and I have heard of, you know, spoken to people that feel like maybe they're not able to have kids now you know because of this really intense medication that they've taken and they can feel the differences in their body and um what would you recommend for those people that have been exposed to a lot of toxins that's a good question um so toxins themselves can be separate from medications depending on the type of medication but in general when the body's exposed to things we really want to support the body's abilities to detox and get it out and to reset the system. So like, for instance, if someone's exposed to traditional chemicals like herbicides, pesticides, maybe heavy metals, um, plastics, those kind of things, we really want to support what we call the, they're called the amunctories, or that's what we call them in naturopathic medicine. And they're all of the organs that allow things to come out of the body. So I use the analogy of a sink. And if you imagine toxins coming in as the water and your drain in the sink as your amunctories or all of the different organs that allow you to release toxins out of your body, when you have a sink that's overflowing, you have disease or infertility or miscarriage or X, Y, Z, like toxins affect everything. You don't want an overflowing sink. Some people have the water turned on full blast and they have a lot of chemicals coming in. This could be people that eat conventional food, meaning non-organic. They maybe, you know, lather themselves with lots of conventional products. They use air fresheners and, you know, all of the chemicals that are around us all the time. Maybe they were exposed to a lot of heavy metals, eating lots of uh, large fish like tuna and shark and uh, swordfish, those kind of things, or they've taken a lot of medications. So that could be someone whose water is on full blast. So the easiest way to reduce that is to obviously stop exposure, mm-hmm. um, reduce as much of the exposure as you can. However, if you have a clogged drain, you could have just a small dribble of water and you could still overflow your sink. So it's also important that you open up the drain and opening up the drain is working on your own body's detox organs. That's like your bowels, making sure you have a bowel movement every day. If you're not pooping every day, that's a problem. (laughs) I talk a lot about poop in my practice. Um, So making sure, you know, you're having adequate fiber and drinking lots of water and and making sure that you don't have food intolerances that are potentially affecting your gut, looking at your microbiome, which are the bacteria in your gut that can affect how well you're having a bowel movement. Um, Your lungs are another amongstery. So making sure that you are deep breathing and you're not holding your breath, which is something we do in our modern society a lot. Um, making sure that your air is clean, that you're even breathing. So you're not, you know, bringing in toxins that way, maybe a HEPA filter for your uh, house and those kind of things, making sure you're drinking adequate, clean water. So water can be a huge source of toxins. And if you're not drinking enough in general of water, you know, we need to flush things out through our kidneys, Um, making sure that you're sweating. You know, a lot of people don't sweat. And sweating is a huge way for us to move toxins out of our bodies. Um, My biggest tip is to not use antiperspirant and use natural deodorants and things that, you know, you don't smell horrible, but you're not clogging up the pores of your your armpits in different places where it's essential that we sweat and move chemicals out. 
um, and supporting your liver. Your liver is a big organ of detoxification, making sure that you have all the vitamins and minerals that you need, eating things like cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, kale, chard, cauliflower. These are all really good for your liver. Um, things like beets and all of the deeply colored foods, things like onions and garlic. These are really, really good for your liver. And you can obviously do more intense detoxes with the help of practitioners and other, you know, doctors that can give you things like glutathione and, uh, you know, other particular nutrients that help to push detox pathways and support you. But you don't want to detox too much if you don't have these open amunctories. You want your drain open. Yeah. So that's a that's a really important <clears throat> thing. And with medications, you know, they are a toxin in certain ways. And there's also you know, neurotransmitters and hormones and chemicals and things that can be disrupted. So just again, making sure that you're supported in all the foundations first and maybe using natural medicine and other things to support mental health or mood so that you don't need to take medications that might be affecting you. And if you do, that's okay, you know, but finding ones that are maybe less toxic or more able to be handled by your body. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I, I have had a, um, a detox specialist on the podcast before. So we've nice. not the first time we've spoken about poop. And let me tell you, <laughs> the first time I seen a naturopath, it changed my life, just even just that poop conversation. I'm like, Oh, my God, <laughs> the doctors never asked me about my bowel movements. And yeah. it's not like I wasn't healthy. And I didn't realize that. And it was very clear just from that conversation. So mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah, seeing if you've never seen a naturopath, then definitely get <laughs> onto that. Yeah, poop is like one of the biggest pulses of your health. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. the most important things. And yeah. nobody talks about it. We need to I release know. all of these taboos around poop. <laughs> I know. I, I love releasing taboos. Yes. <laughs> like, let's talk about it all. Poop, <laughs> yes. sex, infertility. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> While we are talking about health and detox, I want to share with you Julianne Bremner from Daughter Raw's Detox Program. Now, Julianne is incredible. I had her on episode 18, so check out that one for more information. Julianne is a certified detox specialist, and she has created an incredible detox program that I have gone through myself, and it has changed my life, honestly. I am vegan. I'm a passionate vegan, and so is Julianne, and she turns veganism and eating well into such a simplified process. I just feel amazing after going through her detox program. It was incredibly supportive. She gives you so much information. It was so incredibly informative. If you would like to learn more about Julianne's detox program, check out her links in the show notes, Daughter Raw. Get in contact with her to join her next program. Well, here's another taboo topic for you. Um, Miscarriage is becoming more and more um, common amongst so many people. So what do we need to know about miscarriage and how can we heal after we've had this experience? Yeah, another good question. I actually had uh, a miscarriage patient that was right before our podcast. Um, so I had recurrent miscarriages, so it's fresh mm-hmm. on my mind. Um, 
So it is becoming more common. It's common in general for women to have miscarriages. It always has been, it just hasn't been talked about if you get in a room of women and you would never know, you know, if they have, if you ask them to raise their hand, if people have experienced a pregnancy loss, one in four will raise their hand and it might even be more now. So it has been a topic that wasn't talked about. So women who went through it felt very alone because they felt like, is there something wrong with me? What's going on? There's lots of reasons for miscarriages. Um, one of them is that the embryo wasn't healthy, like chromosomally, it wasn't healthy. And this I think is more of what's on the rise um, because of toxins and nutrient issues. And a lot of it actually comes from the man. So we often as women feel like it's our own thing. It's our body. There's something wrong with me, um, which isn't fair. And it's not something that you should ever internalize. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, but from a physical realm perspective, uh, making sure that your male partner's sperm is healthy. And that's something I encourage testing, doing like a sperm analysis and or a DNA fragmentation test of the sperm to make sure that they're healthy. And if you can't do that, just making sure that he's eating clean, healthy, having proper supplements. Men should have their own type of prenatal that they take before preconception. And that's a big passion of Needed, the company that I designed products for. Perinatal and prenatal is before and around pregnancy. And we're designing a whole line of men's supplements because it's very under talked about and very important. So making sure that he's not exposed to chemicals and toxins, he has proper nutrients is a huge way because almost 50% of embryological issue miscarriages are from the man. So we need to loop him into the conversation, mm. <laughs> you know, making sure you're doing all the things that you can um, to prevent miscarriages, like what I've already talked about and shared. Um, and some women have miscarriages because they have low progesterone. So this is a hormone that is needed to hold baby uh, in place in the womb. So I, I like to use the analogy of it's like the dam that holds the water up. And if you don't have enough progesterone, the dam starts to crumble. And that's what causes you to have a period actually is when your progesterone drops. And that can also lead to miscarriages, especially that result in bleeding and spotting ahead of time. And so checking your progesterone in what's called your mid luteal phase. And for anyone who's like, what are you talking about hormonally wise? I do actually have a program where I teach all about your cycle, your hormones, where to, you know, track your cycle, how to understand what's going on in your body. Um, it's called moon medicine and it's on the link is on my Instagram at Dr. Leah Gordon, but mid luteal phase progesterone. When I say that, if it's confusing to you, might be a good place to check out, but checking that ahead of time before you conceive, um, at least in our units in the U S I like that number to be around 15 or higher. If it's not, then you might have a hard time holding baby and you might need some more support, um, as far as like hormones go. And there's no shame in that. You know, I do natural medicine and I support women with progesterone at times, um, depending on their situation. So that's another common cause of miscarriage that should be ruled out or looked at, you know, especially if you're having recurrent miscarriages. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I have my own spiritual philosophy as well as sometimes it just wasn't the right time. It wasn't yeah. the right situation and maybe baby, you know, wasn't ready to come down. There wasn't a soul ready for the, for the body, or there was a lesson that was meant to be learned in that 
process of having a miscarriage. And I believe souls come into our lives at different times and in different ways, you know, to support us on our own journeys and life. And so I always try to, again, think of what could be all of the, the connections, the reasons when you go through infertility for almost seven years, you really start to turn toward, you know, spiritual, higher understandings of like, what is going on, you know, that defies mm-hmm. necessarily like what we think of on just the physical plane. So I think that is sometimes the case as well. Sometimes it's a physical thing and sometimes it's maybe other things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And as far as healing after a miscarriage, it's so individualized and unique of how people grieve but making sure that you acknowledge that it is something to grieve if that feels true for you giving yourself the time and space for that um you know again for me i personally do well with connecting to what what was the reason what is the meaning you know what could what benefit or positive beautiful thing could come out of this after you've grieved the actual um experience Uh, And people do that in different ways. Um, I've had patients who have miscarriages and they're like, oh yeah, the baby just wasn't ready, you know, and other people who hold on to that for years and years and like, it really is hard for them. Mm. And so just making sure that you find the support, however that looks like for you and, you know, knowing that it's not your fault, there's nothing wrong with you. A lot of times it's things that are completely out of your control and, it's very common. You're not alone. Um, so whatever resource or guidance is, is helpful for you. There's lots of support groups and therapists and different people who can support you in that, but just knowing, don't do it alone. You know, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's, I, I do, I do believe that there's, you know, it's sad for all these years that miscarriage was happening and women weren't talking about it because I do think that talking is very healing in itself um I know so many women that have experienced miscarriage and and most of them won't really talk about it some of them Mm -hmm. because it is just too painful to talk about it Mm -hmm. um I myself actually had a miscarriage Mm -hmm. when I was 15 and it was Mm -hmm. after a um a sexual assault so it was a real blessing definitely Mm -hmm. um but I still grieved that, like, mm-hmm. I still grieve that loss. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I still, yeah, it's so interesting. So even, you know, like, just being okay with with that grief can be, you yeah. know, obviously, that's a difficult thing in itself. But, you know, just knowing, <coughs> knowing that yeah. that grief is important to experience. And mm-hmm. mm, so... Let's talk about pre, we, well, we have been talking about preconception on a, on a spiritual level, but have you actually heard of anyone like connecting spiritually with their unborn babies? Have you oh, heard yeah. of that? Yeah. 100%. I did it all the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yes, um, yes, that's, it's very common um, for sure in the conscious conception community and in people that have a spiritual practice. Um, and I have my own personal experience very much. So with that, it was actually one of the, the things that eventually led me to 
acceptance of our infertility because um, we actually had to go through IVF to conceive. Um, it was a male factor infertility in our situation and my husband's sperm was just not, it, there was nothing on the outside of his body. We had to actually go retrieve sperm from his testicles. And that was really hard for me to accept being a naturopathic doctor and helping women conceive naturally all the time. And also, you know, I was like, am I playing God? Not, you know, are we not meant to be parents if we can't have a baby on our own? But I always felt deep down that I was meant to be a mother and I was like not accepting that to be true. But I really struggled with this complex of, you know, if I can't solve the root cause, like we were not meant to, what does this mean? What is the spiritual understanding? Like it was really hard for me. And it wasn't until I started seeing spiritual healers and mediums and people who could connect to the other side that I connected with my baby souls. And it was them that told me that this was all meant to be, that our infertility was actually a part of our journey to create, to develop us into the type of people that we needed to be, to be their parents. And that was like so profound for me. And I connected with them a lot um, harder. It's harder for me to connect with them individually. Like, I don't feel like I have medium type of, you know, gifts. Like my sister's very intuitive. My mother-in-law is very intuitive um, in that way. But connecting with them through people who have a little bit more uh, ease of, of that communication was a hundred percent a game changer for me. And help me through our infertility beyond any measure. And I feel my baby chose her name. I feel like she's been in my life and we have a little boy too, that wants to come in. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I have had patients and other people who've done that. And like I said, that was a huge part of our journey. Mm, yeah. Wow. Um, it's so interesting. Cause like I do, I do psychic readings and I, you know, ah. I predict people getting pregnant and different things ah. like that, like right down to the month. It's really amazing. Um, but I've always said it can be a little bit difficult for ourselves. So, you know, for me, I was like, Oh, you know, I'm happy with my two. I'm also divorced as well. So mm -hmm. it would be, it would be a new partner or doing yeah. it on my own. Um, <laughs> yeah. if I was to have more um so I've I was sort of in this like oh like do I want more kids like are, are there more kids wanting to come into my life like I really feel that I want four I've always seen four but maybe mm -hmm. maybe not I'm not sure <laughs> mm -hmm. um and then a friend suggested to me she's like oh why don't you just go to the spirit realm and and see if there's anyone there that's gonna come yeah. into your life and I was like Oh my God, that, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's not, that's also not something that I feel like would, you know, it feels like for a lot of women, um, especially if you're unsure, like there's, you know, like mm -hmm. I've got friends that, that aren't sure if they want kids, you know, there's mm -hmm. still this like, mm, like, do I, do I, um, but, you know, going, doing that practice, going into a meditative state and with the intention of connecting with um, with any children that are wanting to come into your life or that you may have a soul contract with to come into mm -hmm. your life. Yeah. Yep. And just connecting yeah. with that journey. I, I love it. I think it, it brings a lot of peace. And I think um, the, the women that I know who've done those kind of practices, it's also brought them peace with miscarriages. I know yes. that to bring it back of like, 
no, like that was never, you know, that baby was never meant to actually be earth side, you know, like there's a reason there's an explanation. We're up here still, you know, my little souls, I'm waiting for a different body. I'm waiting for a different time. And I, I, that's how I see babies coming in sort of. And so I have a kind of a different understanding and awareness, even though in my practice, I'm very in the 3d physical world, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. what, like solving problems, what's going on <laughs> medically, what's happening, um, in my personal life and, you know, to patients and, and clients that are open to it, like bringing that other level, uh, because I do think it plays a role. A oh huge yeah. Role. It's, um, it's so special to connect with them and, and kind of, I don't know, some people are like, is it cheating to know what's going on? But I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's really helpful to like know why yeah. they're coming and what they're doing. And um, I don't think spirit or, you know, any uh, souls on the other side give us information that was not meant for us. Exactly. Yes. Um, no, I think the clarity can be so, so helpful in so many ways, you know, like how much mental, you know, mental time and power we're like oh should I should not it's like oh maybe you yep. could just do a meditation yeah, and just exactly. <laughs> get some clarity there <laughs> exactly thank you so much for sharing your story too by the way like um I really appreciate that your vulnerability in sharing your story and in doing this work that you're doing it's it's really really incredible and I, I think that there's so much power in vulnerability and in sharing our stories so so yeah thank you so much for being so transparent in this in this conversation today I know people are going to get so much from this from this episode good yes no I am happy to yeah so another question do you do you believe that there are any true surprise pregnancies you know like (laughs) really connecting with that spiritual and you know soul contracts and whatever's meant to be is meant to be that Mm -hmm. sort of thing do you do you believe that that's do we do we get these surprise pregnancies or are they supposed to be perhaps (laughs) that's such a good question it's kind of like the debate between um you know, manifestation and destiny. Right. And my, my sister's brilliant. She's just like a brilliant intuitive and uh, healer. And she's like helped explain how it's like both, how we create our own reality. And we are at the same time, like in a framework that was maybe already predetermined, you know, from the other side, because they seem like opposites, <laughs> but there is a way that they actually are blended together. And maybe I'll have her on my Instagram one day and explain it. Cause she's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as surprise pregnancies, I kind of, I, so I feel, I personally believe that most pregnancies are meant to be in a way if there's, I'm still on the fence around miscarriages that don't result might've been like you've anatomically became pregnant, but maybe there wasn't a soul that was mm-hmm. ready to come. That mm-hmm. wasn't like, you know, it wasn't in their time frame. It wasn't in what they needed, you know, in their journey. So they're like, I'm not, you know, going to come into that, yeah. that body at that time. So that's one thought that could be. And I also go back to the same result that I do feel that like so many things happen for a reason and on purpose, even when they don't seem that way. So it's tough for me to know a hundred percent, obviously none of us would ever will (laughs) know a hundred percent, but, um, I think more pregnancies, even accidental ones are, are planned more than we think. Um, even one of my best friends, she's already had three babies and she's seen the intuitive, uh, 
that I go to a lot as well. And in her reading, she mentioned that there is an oopsie baby on the other side waiting for her in the sense that, you know, she might uh, become pregnant accidentally in the sense that she didn't plan it or didn't want it, but there is a baby already on the other side waiting for this oopsie pregnancy. So it's just funny because in that regard, you know, if she didn't ever go to her and let's say she does get pregnant again for the fourth time, was that really just a random chance of events or was there always kind of planned to be an oopsie baby? So um, it's hard to say hundred percent, but um, I think both could be kind of true. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, there's also that whole, we have free will. I think that definitely mm-hmm. plays a part in all of this as well. Um, totally. Yeah, but I, I remember one situation, um, my sister's friend, she, I think they, like, her and her husband, like, never had sex, and the one time they did, they used a condom, <laughs> and then I think, what happened? It was something, like, re- like crazy, like, it was... Um, whether she took the morning after pill or she'd done this or or like whatever it was to avoid a pregnancy and all of these things that she did like she still got pregnant like (laughs) so yeah I think I think he was her third but yeah he like his soul was like I am coming like there is nothing you can do yeah (laughs) totally it's so interesting I I totally think that that is true yeah Yeah. I, I think I think it's so much more complex and and beautiful. You know, you can look at the world as it's all just random events that have nothing to do with each other. But I, I personally don't see the world that way. And, you know, because of that, I see the world through my own lens. We're all biased and we all see the world through the lens of the beliefs that we have. But Mm -hmm. when you start to have that perspective, you see these like synchronicities and these coincidences that just aren't and it's just like amazing and so when you start to live that way you're like oh my gosh like everything does seem so orchestrated but yeah we do have free will and that's part of it of like how where does that come in and I yeah I do feel strongly that sometimes miscarriages are pregnancies that maybe there wasn't a baby ready yeah to come and so that's like another level and layer to yeah it. or like you know for my situation I wasn't ready to become a mother at 15. right exactly you know? exactly so, yes yeah, so yeah I, I think it's like how can that be a blessing yeah you know because anatomically you can totally become pregnant I mean yep. you put a sperm and an egg together it can happen yeah but it doesn't always mean it will come to fruition to a whole human yeah you know? definitely yeah and it's interesting you were talking about um you know the souls you know others you know you might have got physically gotten pregnant but maybe the soul hadn't come into it even that I feel like there's no like exact way this is exactly how it happens because with my experience with my son my first pregnancy mm-hmm. I feel like yeah there was definitely some soul contracts and and he like his soul was there within me I think and then with my daughter, I don't know, it's almost like, um, you know, like some people say that in in birthing, the mother mm-hmm. leaves her body to go retrieve her baby's soul. And that's what it felt mm. like for my daughter. It was that's so beautiful. incredibly profound. But like with my <laughs> son, amazing. yeah, like he was already there. Like psychics were like, uh-huh. oh, he's an old soul. <laughs> like we can feel yeah. his energy. But with my daughter, I remember like connecting because I was so like I was so connected to my pregnancy. And I remember like like feeling like she wasn't quite there yet. It was really yeah. it was so interesting. And even it was terrifying because I wanted her so much 
because I left my husband. I was like, I want another baby, but we can't be together. And it was this very strange yep. situation. Um, mm-hmm. And and I even had a, a terrible fall. I fell while I was pregnant with her. And I was just oh, so wow. terrified that I was going to lose her. And especially like connecting, I'm like, is her soul there? I don't know if she's going to if she's going to come mm-hmm. Earthside, I'm not sure. But then, yeah, having this wonderful, I had a home birth. It was, you know, a water birth. It was so, so beautiful. Um, I also believe in the transformation of the mother. I believe we go through this transformation mm-hmm. experience. Um, and I think even if you have experienced a, tra- um, a miscarriage, mm-hmm. you're still a mother. You still, you mm-hmm. still created life, you know, regardless yeah. of how long it may have lasted. I, I do believe right. that. Um, but yeah, and I think that every every child or every, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> little human that we create, we experience this incredible transformation of the mother. And so that's something that mm-hmm. I talk about on the podcast heaps is like, what was your transformation of the mother like? Because <laughs> it's amazing that. to see what these mm-hmm. these little creations to us you know like yes we're never the same after after that experience um oh it's so beautiful I love that I love thank you for sharing that it's so sweet yeah no um yeah no I love I love being a mother you know I think it's it it's something I'm I'm so excited about and even I talk to people in the work that I do and you like for some women it's like their life starts when when they when they become Mm. a mother especially if it's something that they've been wanting for a long time they might have tried really hard to get pregnant it's almost like you know it's their first day of their life you know as soon as it's a transformation experience so yeah um, I'm very I'm very excited to finally get to be a part of that club (laughs) yeah yeah definitely (laughs) and and it's definitely you know of course there are challenges as well I think Another thing um, that I've spoken to people about, um, especially women that have tried really hard to get pregnant, um, there's mm-hmm. almost a guilt that comes with the challenges, you know, like mm-hmm. so, so totally. even that, just talking now, like, you know, there are definitely these amazing, um, I call them mythical babies that sleep and they're just wonderful. I didn't have babies <laughs> like that. They've, I've seen them. I know they exist. <laughs> But I think they're kind of rare because I didn't have I didn't have babies that did that. My children still don't right. sleep. They're six and four. They still yeah. don't oh. sleep. <laughs> oh like, man, yeah. I know. I love that mythical baby. Yeah. That's so funny. You might you might have yeah. one, but you might not, and that's yeah. okay. And and to you know, <laughs> it's okay to still have a hard time being a mother. That's totally fine right. too. Even though you might, you know, you tried really hard for this baby and they're finally here. You don't have to love every second of it. <laughs> That's not. Yeah, the- I mean, I've already experienced that in my pregnancy because, yeah. you know, we tried for seven years, finally pregnant and I've had a pretty rough pregnancy and yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone's like, Joe, oh my gosh, do you love being pregnant? I'm like, not really. Like, this is really <laughs> gnarly. I've been like very sick and yeah. like just indigestion and reflux and nausea and all the things. And I haven't, you know, obviously birthed my baby yet. So I, have, I haven't seen that side of motherhood, but I, 
you know, there is a guilt because it's like, oh, I should be so grateful. You know, I mm-hmm. finally have this pregnancy <laughs> and it, and it's hard to then feel like you can't share the struggle that you're going no, through. So it's all important. To. And yes, yes. Yeah. Share so, your struggle because beautiful. yeah, that's <laughs> even, um, my sister was actually, uh, 15 when she had my nephew and, mm-hmm. and a thing that I noticed even then, um, was young mums do not talk about their struggles. It's like they think mm-hmm. that they they don't they they're not allowed to. There's so much judgment mm-hmm. around them being young mothers that they can't right. even share how difficult it is. Because I had very difficult pregnancies, and mm-hmm. I I always say that I would have ten babies if I could just birth them and and have yes. them as newborns. I'll breastfeed them all night. I don't mind doing I that. Know. But I do not want to share my body. I don't like it. Yep. <laughs> I don't I like know. being That's pregnant. That's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> I will, it makes me feel better to hear about that. And it's, I think it is harder maybe for people, I don't know, this is totally extrapolating, but for people who are really sensitive, because yeah. it's almost like you're too sensitive that you feel that other little being and it just affects yeah. you and you're playing in a really profound way. And it's, yeah. It's like, oh, because I'm very sensitive. My system always has been. And um, but it, yeah, it's 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 a it's a journey and it's very That's fun right. and I'm super grateful for it. But yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, everyone's experience is different. Some people love mm-hmm. being pregnant, some yep. people love birth. I love birthing. Like I'm I'm like, yeah. oh, you just feel like a rock star. I'm just like, this is incredible. <laughs> it's an incredible That's experience. So yeah. <laughs> and even some people are like, I've never heard someone talk about birth like that because I don't describe it as pain. It's not painful. Right. There's definitely some mm-hmm. physical sensations that happen, but I would mm-hmm. not describe it as painful. Um, and then, yeah, yeah oh, so, I love that. yeah, <laughs> but we're jumping ahead. Um, got, I've definitely gone on a, ta- a tangent with you. <laughs> so, um, do you believe that we choose our parents? Um, I do again, because my like spiritual practice and my understanding is that, you know, we come here, I I see earth as kind of like lessons, a school room, if you will. Mm. Um, and our souls, you know, have different things they want to experience and different things they want to learn. And I think our parents are one of the most profound teachers for that, or, or setting up obstacles (laughs) for us to learn from. Um, or in my case, I really feel setting up a path that allows me to do my work for the world. Like I feel like I was blessed with amazing parents and, you know, it was like my path was carved in a way that was like so easy, quote unquote, for me to become a doctor, but my struggle was all in other ways, you know, it had nothing to do with daddy problems or, you know, mother issues and all of these things that a lot of people struggle with. So I do. Um, I think I, my soul came here for a very specific reason and I chose my parents very specifically. And I think sometimes we choose more challenging obstacles and situations. I feel my babies chose me and my husband for very specific reasons. I think for whatever they're meant to do in this life, they needed us to, to, to help support them in that. So I, that is my personal belief. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I I don't know if you've read the Celestian Prophecy. I swear I mention this book in every podcast episode that I do. (laughs) But one of the insights in that prophecy um, is it talks about more or less how we do choose our parents um, and that the aspects of 
their either their sort of I don't know if it's like their their challenges or their focus points so of the mother and the father mm-hmm. and then that child is bridging them together um, and I, I, I've talked about this on the podcast because I ended up having babies with someone who's like the complete opposite of me. Um, so I am so amazed to see like I'm I'm like completely woo-woo, like the most hippiest person you'll ever meet. I'm ridiculously extreme. <laughs> I have very unusual beliefs in different things. And then my ex-husband mm-hmm. is like so mainstream so black and white (laughs) like he so like I'm like wow these kids to have me as a mom Mm -hmm. and him as a dad I'm so excited to see what they're going to do with that like (laughs) yeah like totally and it it can very much influence them in huge ways like I look back on who my parents were and I'm like oh my gosh so much of who I became was because of them and you know and their beliefs and and what they and how they parented and stuff so I think it shaped me immensely and I think everyone is shaped immensely by that and it's it's so cool it is it's amazing which is why yeah nothing's a coincidence everything's completely (laughs) synchronistic and divinely planned (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I'd love to hear now um what are some of your non-negotiable spiritual practices so maybe something that you do every day or something that you go back to like if you're not feeling great or anything like that that you'd like to share with us Yeah. So my main thing that I do, I try to do it every day. That's my intention is I do a a meditation where I basically, I connect now that I've been pregnant, actually, I, I recognize and acknowledge my soul and her soul as two separate souls that are like joined together and growing together right now. Um, And then I surround us with like the bright light of spirit. Um, I imagine grounding into the earth and then I imagine an elevator going up an elevator. And as I'm going up the elevator, I am sharing all of the things I'm grateful for. And I feel like that literally raises my vibration. (laughs) So it's like, I'm physically feeling like I'm in an elevator, like, you know, sharing, you know, in my meditation, what I'm grateful for. And then when I get to the top of the elevator, I basically step out into what I call like the creation room or it's kind of like up in the clouds in my mind. And I bring in like higher self and and guides and angels, my grandma, my baby souls, I actually bring them all in and just thank them for being here and give them permission to send me inspiration and guidance and, you know, connection. Cause I've been told by other spiritual leaders that they want to connect and communicate with us, but we have to give them permission because we have free will. As, yes. as humans. So if we don't allow them to communicate with us, they can't really. So I always want to open up that channel. And I feel like on those, you know, and it's in those moments that I feel the safest, that I feel the most connected. I get downloads, inspiration. I, I get clarity on, you know, what is supposed to happen, what's supposed to come. And so that's kind of like a simple, quick little meditation visualization that I do every day Mm. of just protection, gratitude, and then calling in all of those that I feel are guiding and protecting and supporting me on the other side. Yeah, that's amazing. That's that's so powerful. And yet so simple, really, Mm. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. So what is something that has helped you on your journey? So it could be a specific healing modality, a book that you've read, a quote that blew your mind, like anything at all that you'd love to share with us today. Oh my gosh, that list is very long. I know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If I had to just pick one, my goodness. Um, 
I would say the thing that's coming to mind is the idea that the universe is rigged in your favor. Mm. And it, again, that challenges a lot of paradigms. Um, and it's hard to imagine, especially when things that quote unquote seem bad are happening. Um, but I really try to look back on anything that is conventionally unfortunate or things that aren't ideal. And it's like, but how was that actually a gift? How did it actually, how was it actually rigged in my favor? How is leaving the house late and, and getting caught at the red light actually rigged in my favor? You know, maybe I would have gotten in a car accident if I hadn't been late and rushing. And so it's like, it, to me, it brings this sense of calm and peace to no matter what is happening in your life, it's all perfect, you know, mm -hmm. and it's all for your highest good. You know, even like I had sexual trauma, my first sexual experience, I was raped. I've had infertility. I've had all these things. And I look back and I'm like, that was all perfect. It was all exactly perfect because if it wasn't the way that it was, it just like so many things wouldn't have fallen into place the way that they did. And so that belief about the world has really like shaped my life in a, in a way that I think has made profound changes. So I always try to encourage people to, to, you know, take, try it on for size. <laughs> so yeah. I always say like, try it on, just live a day as if everything that happens to you is, is rigged in your favor, you know, yeah. even if it's, it doesn't seem like it in the moment. So yeah. that was something I would say, if I could pick one thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that one's, yeah, that's, that's completely, yeah, completely perfect. I, I completely agree with you. Every experience that I've had, was mm -hmm. definitely meant to happen and I'm so grateful mm -hmm. for all of my experiences yes so, so what a so you mentioned one of your offerings if you want to just let mm -hmm. our listeners know um yeah whatever what you're offering at the moment how can you help you know do you see people online and that sort of thing mm -hmm. yeah so um if you wanted to my moon medicine program is available that's where i teach you how to understand your cycle track your cycle learn to live your lifestyle within the different phases of your monthly cycle um, it's like a food eating program where i've chosen recipes for every meal of the day depending on the type of hormonal changes that we're going through um, and then i educate and teach about hormones and all of that and so that's on my website that you can access. I do see clients. I had taken a break during my first trimester. I'm now open to taking on new clients until my maternity leave. So um, I'm not exactly sure when the podcast will air, but uh, I leave in September for my maternity leave. So I'm taking on preconception and fertility clients if you wanted to work with me. Yeah. Um, and I do that virtually so I can see you from anywhere really. Wonderful. And yeah, I would say those are the two things that I'm focused on right now. I have Womanhood Wellness, which is my online platform, is like in the works of lots of different programs I'm creating, but Baby uh, kind of took priority. Oh, yeah, <laughs> She's definitely. taken more of my time and effort and energy and um, my businesses have been kind of on the back burner uh, as far as creation. I'm focusing a lot of my creative energy on her. Yes. So I'm mostly just seeing clients and focusing on her right now, but um, yeah, yeah, keep no, tuned thanks. in the future. Yeah, mm -hmm. they sound incredible. And yeah, I absolutely love your work. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Is there anything else Thank you'd you. like to share with us before we say goodbye? 
Um, um, yeah, I would just say if you want to connect more with me, my Instagram is at Dr. Leah Gordon, all one word, D-R-L-E-A-H-G-O-R-D-O-N. Um, my main website is drleahgordon.com. I obviously have other websites for my other companies, but um, I share lots of tips and support in my own journey and everything there. So you can connect with me. I do Instagram lives where you can ask questions. So I really like to create that as a, a source of community. Yeah. And yeah, if just for anyone, whoever, wherever they are in their journey, just know that it's exactly perfect, exactly where you are. And I wish you luck and lots of baby dust if that's what's in your future. And mm. so, yeah, thank Beautiful. you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I will link all of your, 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 your Instagram, your website in the show notes. So it'll be super easy for anyone who wants to get in contact with you. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> of course. Perfect. I, I completely agree with you. Every experience that I've had was mm-hmm. definitely meant to happen. And I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for all of my experiences. Yes. So, so what are so you mentioned one of your offerings if you want to just let our listeners know um yeah whatever what you're offering at the moment how can you help you know do you see people online and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. yeah so um if you wanted to my moon medicine program is available that's where i teach you how to understand your cycle track your cycle learn to live your lifestyle within the different phases of your monthly cycle Um, it's like a food eating program where i've chosen recipes for every meal of the day depending on the type of hormonal changes that we're going through Um, and then i educate and teach about hormones and all of that and so that's on my website that you can access. I do see clients. I had taken a break during my first trimester. I'm now open to taking on new clients until my maternity leave. So um, I'm not exactly sure when the podcast will air, but uh, I leave in September for my maternity leave. So I'm taking on preconception and fertility clients if you wanted to work with me. Yeah. Um, and I do that virtually so I can see you from anywhere really. Wonderful. And Yeah, I would say those are the two things that I'm focused on right now. I have Womanhood Wellness, which is my online platform, is like in the works of lots of different programs I'm creating, but Baby kind of took priority. (laughs) She's taken more of my time and effort and energy and um, my businesses have been kind of on the back burner uh, as far as creation. I'm focusing a lot of my creative energy on her. So I'm mostly just seeing clients and focusing on her right now, but um, yeah, Yeah. keep tuned in the future. Yeah, they sound incredible. And yeah, I absolutely love your work. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we say goodbye? Um, Um, Yeah, I would just say if you want to connect more with me, my Instagram is at Dr. Leah Gordon, all one word, D-R-L-E-A-H-G-O-R-D-O-N. Um, my main website is drleahgordon.com. I obviously have other websites for my other companies, but um, I share lots of tips and support in my own journey and everything there. So you can connect with me. I do Instagram lives where you can ask questions. So I really like to create that as a, a source of community. Yeah. And yeah, if just for anyone, whoever, wherever they are in their journey, just know that it's exactly perfect, exactly where you are. And I wish you luck and lots of baby dust if that's what's in your future. And Mm. so, yeah, thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you so much for coming on today. And I will link all of your, 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 your Instagram, your website in the show notes. So it'll be super easy for anyone who wants to get in contact with you. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Of course. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dr. Leah Gordon. I know that I really, that conversation really excited me. I'm at a point in my life where I've been thinking about the future a lot and I'm going to explain more about my personal situation in the next episode. But there is a big part of me that feels like there are more children to come into my life. And I do think that we we learn more each time we experience something new and our children teach us more and more. So there's so much involved in this. But I do hope that was helpful for you if you've been considering having children for the first time or having more children or maybe after that episode you've decided you don't want to have more kids maybe you've done a meditation and you do feel complete with your life right now because that's another aspect that we didn't really discuss too much in this episode not everyone wants to have kids and that's perfectly fine not everyone's it's not everyone's sole destiny to to have more kids i know i've spoken to some light workers and they felt like having kids is going to create karma for them um, there is even a wave of volunteers Dolores Cannon talks about the different waves of volunteers and different soul incarnates that are on the planet at this time and some of them are older now and have gone through their life and have not felt that having children expanding on into their family is their soul's purpose and some of them are about my age and you know there's this questioning do I have kids that's what everyone else seems to do so maybe after this conversation you felt like you feel a bit more complete around that that choice in not having kids whatever it is you know doing things for you really connecting to your intuition and to your soul's purpose But for those of you that are interested in having kids in the future, I hope that this conversation around preconception was helpful to you. Of course, I've got Dr. Leah Gordon's information in the show notes for you. So if you'd like to check out her program, which I think it sounds amazing, then it's as simple as clicking the link in the show notes. Check out Dr. Leah Gordon's Instagram. That's how I found her. She's got a lot of really great content over there. And remember, even if your wings have been clipped off, they can always regrow.